a Midwest lifestyle I'm living. Think I'm hype now, pipe down. I ain't trying to kick it. It's a Midwest lifestyle I'm living. Think I'm hype now, pipe down. I ain't about to kick it. It's a Midwest lifestyle I'm living. Think I'm hype now, pipe down. I ain't trying to kick it. It's a Midwest lifestyle I'm living. Think I'm hype now, pipe down. I ain't about to kick it. Yeah, you better run for cover. Keep talking the same trouble. Keep bumping gums, and with the same brother, you gon' get it someday. Somehow, somewhere, we don't play that round here. Nah, we don't care. It's a Midwest lifestyle. I'm living. I'll let you And what's going on, everybody? Midwest lifestyle. We're living. What's going on? Tuesday night, sports start right with the sports governor, Vince Wright. All night, every night, doing our thing. Glad the studio audience can join us. Glad you are listening out there in the land of the podcast. What's going on, everybody? Vince Wright, the sports governor, giving it up to everybody out there. What's going down, everybody? Anyway, what's, you know, man, great weekend for the sports governor. What can I say? Uh, First lady decided that she needed a little executive retreat with her girlfriends up north, so... Had a full weekend of football watching without the first lady, um, you know, know, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, nagging me. (laughs) But, you know, hey, it's a Midwest lifestyle I'm living. Anyway, I'm the sports governor on Spreaker.com every Tuesday night. Vince Wright bringing you everything in the world of the Big Ten, Upper Midwest, uh, Minnesota sports. Um, very disappointing weekend uh, for, for Minnesota sports, by the way, too, people. But we'll get into that in a few minutes. Hope everybody out there is doing good. Going to jump in the chat room here in a little bit. Let everybody uh, kind of get situated and whatnot. See what's going down. And um, other than that, man, I, I, you know, it was just really a nice, chill weekend. And sometimes you need you need a weekend like that. So. Um, I was very happy football all weekend long. Uh, unfortunately, our Minnesota Twins couldn't make it to the wild card chase, but we'll get into that a little bit later on as well. And boy, what what can you really say about um, those Golden Gophers? So, uh, one of the other things too that we wanted to touch on: we got Lynx basketball tonight. They're trying to stay alive and for the WNBA championship. Uh, Lynx, well, not a good first game the other night. Uh, you know, Lindsey Whalen didn't really show up, and you don't say that too often about Lindsey. She, she's, um, you know, quite the baller out there, but her, Maya Moore, uh, lacking. So uh, the Lynx are going to try and uh, hang in there tonight. We'll have a score here shortly. Once I think the game started or is starting at 8 o'clock. But anyway, we'll get you a score, people. Don't worry about it. And let's check it out. Uh, here comes that chat room jumping off. K3000, what's going on, brother? Glad you are here. Um, we also have Gerald, Wardam Eagle in the house. And the governor has a nice chilled bottle of Patron sitting on the executive desk. And we are going to have a couple shots for everybody out there in the uh, so-called House of Representatives, also known as the chat room. Uh, again, Gerald, what's going on? You can talk about the Auburn Tigers of yours. K3000, 
doing your thing and uh k3000 very proud of your daughter man doing that lacrosse thing as well so hats off to uh uh little 3000 we'll call her little 1500 so uh hats off to her as well my brother all right so i hope everybody had a a uh, very nice weekend out there like i said i know i did a lot of things uh, happening in the sports world. Like I said, we got tons of football. Uh, Vikings uh, couldn't quite do it against Denver. Uh, the Gophers we'll talk about. Um, we're also going to, like I said, we're going to touch on the Minnesota Twins. Um, one of the fun things we have coming through downtown Minneapolis next weekend, which should be really fun, and I put it on the Sports Done Right page, and you are listening to the Sports Governor Vince right here is the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame Tour is coming to Minneapolis October 17th and 18th down to the Convention Center. Make sure you guys go check that out. You can uh, get autographs and pictures with uh, former Vikings Warren Moon, John Randall, Randall McDaniel, and all-time interception leader in the NFL, Paul Krause, old number 22 himself for the, for the Minnesota Vikings. So absolutely, man. Want to say what up to Grego out there in the, in the uh, chat room as well, out there in the House of Representatives representing uh, Massachusetts. But that's where he was born, residing now down in Georgia. He is a Tom Brady fan. Yeah. Ooh, whoa, whoa. Ooh, boy. House Chambers up here. The House Chambers are, are not a fan of Tom Brady, Grego, but he's your boy. And, uh, well, you know, what can we say? Patriots, champions. Cheaters, but champions anyway. I um, want to give some shouts out as well to, um, again, the Minnesota Twins. They finished their season Saturday, um, finished with the loss against Kansas City. They weren't able to, um, you know, keep the season going there. But by all measures, this season was a success for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, big, big uh, hats off to Paul Molitor. I was not a... Uh, for him getting the job, but he has proven me wrong. I'm glad he has. He has done a phenomenal job in his first year. And, again, hats off to him as well. So I want to say what's up to my main man, that ninja down from Alabama. What's going on, ninja? What's going on, man? Now, he, he, he may reside in Alabama, but he's Ohio State's biggest fan, and he knows all about the Ohio State Buckeyes. And we'll get into that in the uh, next segment once we start going over the uh, college scene here the, from this past weekend. So, again, check out that pro football tour. It's going to be at the Minneapolis Convention Center October 17th and 18th next weekend. I'm thinking about going down there and bringing my phone and maybe seeing if we can do a little live remote. You never know. You never know who can get on the phone, baby. You never know. Anyway, um, I want to give uh, another University of Minnesota shout out to the wrestling coach over there, Jay Robinson. Uh, definitely gets a baller award. Uh, coach Robinson has become the all-time winningest active head coach in Division I college wrestling right now for active coaches. So get out your seats, stand up, and give it up for Coach Jay Robinson, <laughs> University of Minnesota wrestling coach. Has that program of perennial national power. Uh, has produced many, many champions, uh, most notably Brock Lesnar a few years ago in the heavyweight division, undefeated. So hats off to Coach over there. Um, just wanted to give him some love as well because as sports done right, as you are listening to the sports governor here, as we need to do, 
we need to give shouts out to not only the big money making sports, but give give some love to to the non revenue sports, maybe the sports you don't really think of. But Minnesota has had a long story career in uh, wrestling, so we definitely want to want to give uh, Coach Robinson his due as well. So congratulations, Coach. Um, one of the other things we're going to get into um, that I think was kind of fun. I was uh, looking uh, over the websites this morning, people in the executive mansion here before I went to work this morning. I saw the Bleacher Report actually had a very fun article called the top 10 most disappointing moments in Minnesota sports history. So we're going to go over that in the next segment as well. Going to bring back a lot of bad memories, unfortunately, but I thought it would be kind of fun because um, as our uh, national listeners to this show don't realize Minnesota has a very long, long, long history with sports and a lot of players have played here that you've heard of, but maybe you've never thought uh, resided here as well. So glad my main man let's go in the chat room here just very quickly og dion want to say what's up to you as well glad you took time to join us in the house of representatives still waiting still waiting for the main man the secretary of sports information jungle brother to get up here uh he must uh, he must have the cadillac stuck in the uh, motorcade somewhere so we're waiting for you jungle where you at man where you at and of course the main man the chief rocker jersey Vern, what's going on, Jersey? Big Jersey Vern in the house. Oh, come on, people. You got to give it up for Vern. Oh, Vern. That's what you get for talking that Ohio State nonsense, my brother. But anyway, glad you're up in here, Jersey. It ain't a show without you, and you know this, man. Anyway, people, um, Twin Cities Marathon, another thing that went down here in the Twin Cities uh, up here in Minnesota, went off without a hitch. Of course, the Black Lives Matter uh, local chapter here in St. Paul, which you've heard the governor be very critical of. And again, that only relates to this local chapter because uh, these these uh, fools uh, do some, some goofy things up here to try and get a point across that just ain't working. But um, as we move on from that, I'm just going to say this. Um, they reached an agreement with the political governor of the state, and they did not interfere with the race. The race went off pretty much without a hitch. Black Lives Matter actually had a uh, segment towards uh, or an area towards the end of the race where they staged a quote unquote die in. But other than that, um, everything, like I said, went off without a hitch. And the uh, Twin Cities Marathon, one of the most prestigious in the country, uh, one of the most uh, more visually stunning marathon routes in the country went off without a hitch. So everything was good there. And glad that um, there was no issues on either side. So good thing. And the governor is one happy man. So, all right, people, we are about 11 and a half minutes in. We got the uh, opening segment out the way. Jersey says, F your crickets. Grego, everybody was laughing out loud at the crickets, it sounds like. Um, everybody's greeting each other up in there. And let's get this chat going, man. We almost had a, well, what was for me probably a record. We almost had 500 uh, chat entries last week. Let's uh, get some conversations going here. Um, you know, college football coming up. Got a lot of big games coming up next week. So we're going to get into that as well. Again, you're listening to Sports Done Right. We're just getting warmed up, people. 12 minutes in, we're going to take our first quick break here. And we're going to get back into football. So you guys keep it tuned here and 
listen to me, the sports governor. Join us in the chat room, also known as the House of Representatives. And for all my folks that are out there on the West Coast, this one's for you. Surprising, advising, realizing she's sizing me up. Her bikini small, heels tall. She said she liked the ocean. She showed me a beach, gave me a peach, and put out the suntan lotion. Now, it's fast, but this girl was faster. She was looking for a real good time. I said, Close your eyes, I got a surprise.
going on, everybody? The sports governor is back, baby, baby. Vince Wright, sports governor, cold chilling in the executive mansion deep in the situation room. I am doing a virtual meeting tonight with the House of Representatives, otherwise known as the chat room. Glad everybody's out there chopping it up. Want to say what up again to Big Vern, Gerald, K3000 out there, OG Dion, my main man. Everybody is getting ready to chop it up. We should have a few more people popping in here as the night uh, gets started. And away we go on Sports Done Right. And there's my main man all the way from Big GA, Sluggo in the house. Get out your seats and welcome to main man Sluggo. What's going on, Sluggo? Glad my main man dropped in. Hang out with us. And uh, before we get started here on the 10 most disappointing moments in Minnesota sports history, want to say um, again to all my new Atlanta fam down there, great time uh, the other weekend, y'all. I cannot wait to get back. So let's get started. Now, people, top 10 most disappointing moments in sports history was on a Bleacher Report. I actually did a little search because I thought that this would be a very fun topic to cover. So we are going to go and start with number 10, and I find this very interesting uh, they had the arrival of Elgin Baylor in Minneapolis. And why that was disappointing is because, obviously, we know the career that the Big E Elgin Baylor had, but it started right here in Minneapolis. And that first year, he went cuckoo. He did it all. And the thing was, he played one year here, unfortunately, after winning many championships, being the dominant team of, of the, the 1950s in basketball, the Minneapolis Lakers couldn't get people to come watch the games. And all of a sudden, well, the rest is history. A city with no lakes, Los Angeles, becomes the Lakers. We're stuck high and dry for another 30-some-odd years. And, well, there you go. So Elgin Baylor, former Minneapolis Laker, who went on to a Hall of Fame career, and ironically the next year, the main man, Jerry West, signed with the Lakers as well. So there is the Secretary of Sports Information. Everybody, stand up, remove your hats, and give it up to our main man, the Jungle Brother. What's up, Jungle? All right, so you know if Jungle is in here, he is ready to start trolling. He is ready to start chopping it up. We're going to talk about his week old Giants a little later, even though Giants did pull out a big win at Buffalo last weekend. So let's get to the rest of this list here. Um, actually, that wasn't number 10. That was an honorable mention. Number 10 was the, the day KG went to the Celtics. Uh, very sad day for me. I remember when KG left. Um, the team, as you knew, it just wasn't going to be the same, and it sure wasn't, and it still isn't. Uh, a team that is reeled from the one and only true marquee player they've ever had, leaving to win a championship up in Boston. So number 10 is KG to the Celtics. The nine, number nine on the top 10 most disappointing moments in Minnesota sports history it was when the Vikings lost the Super Bowl to Kansas City and New Orleans. I think it might have been Super Bowl 12. Uh, 12, somewhere in there, one of them old ones. But anyway, uh, Vikings were big-time favorites, and then Lynn Dawson uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs and the rest of his crew decided, you know what, they wanted to win a championship as well. And the Vikings, you know, well, <laughs> the rest is history with that as well. Number eight on this 
horrible, horrible list is uh, the 2008 Minnesota Twins when they lost game number 163, the one-game playoff, to the Chicago White Sox. Man, yeah, that, that, that hurt. That hurt. I thought we were going to take the White Sox in that game. Th- thought we were loaded, and we did not. And, well, um, what can you say? I mean, White Sox, um, when you play a division rival all those times, it's pretty much a crapshoot whether they're at home or not. So that was number eight. Uh, number seven was, was a very, very sad day here in Minnesota. That was the death of Malik Seeley. Uh, Malik Seeley was really starting to have a great career with the Minnesota Timberwolves and was going home one night. Unfortunately, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt, but he was hit by a drunk driver who was going the wrong way on one of our local freeways. As again, Malik was on his way home. Uh, one of the saddest days ever. I'll never forget uh, my brother-in-law, Jeff, actually. Uh, he, I don't know if he's in here yet, but he called me and he said one of his friends who happened to work for the Timberwolves uh, just called him and said they're having a press conference and Malik Seeley was killed in a car crash uh, the early early in the morning. And boy, uh, it, just, just sad because unfortunately Malik Seeley didn't have insurance either. So he, he left a wife and child um, you know, really kind of hanging out there. And, you know, while my, my thoughts and prayers were to the family, it created a little bit of a situation after that because she decided to try and get more money from the Timberwolves. And it got real ugly for a little bit. But fortunately, all sides were able to work it out. The Timberwolves today have Malik Seeley's locker um, actually sealed off to this day. So um, that is number seven on the list number six was when oh yes them dirty birds boy the vikings lose the nfc championship to the saints the saints oh man the fire of interception uh the 12 men on the field penalty that that set them back at crunch time man i you know i was all set to get myself a uh a brett Favre jersey (laughs) i know i know I was all set to get a Brett Favre jersey. I said, hey, if, if he's going to get us to the Super Bowl, I can get a Brett Favre jersey. But um, I don't know if unfortunately or fortunately it didn't happen. So, um, you know, but that, yeah, that one really hurt because we were driving in that game. And, boy, Brett Favre hit us with a, a Favre interception just at the wrong time as usual. So number five on the list of top ten worst sports moments in Minnesota history is when the T-Wolves lost to the uh, Lakers in the Western Conference semifinals. Uh, they had The Wolves had a 58-24 and 24 record. They were the top seed that year. They, they really uh, went through Denver. They went through Sacramento to get to the Lakers. I was at the last game of that Denver series, and that was a battle. Probably the best live game I've, I've ever been to. So, um, But, yeah, they just couldn't take down Shaq and Kobe. Um, Lakers go on to win the championship that year. And again, T-Wolves lose to the Lakers in the Western Conference semifinals. Number four, another sad day when Kirby Puckett retired in 1996. Um, Dennis Martinez, who was actually one of Kirby's very good friends, accidentally hit him with a pitch. And, you know, a lot of people thought that pitch that hit him in the face actually did the damage to his eye and caused the blindness. But his eye was already gone before that. 
And unfortunately, um, you know, he he lost sight in the eye and just had to retire very prematurely. It was a sad, sad day. Kirby Puckett, the greatest Minnesota twin of them all, and, you know, one of Minnesota's greatest athletes and most beloved athletes ever, had to retire back in 1996. Boy, almost 20 years, and uh, boy, rest in peace as well, because Kirby is no longer with us. Uh, number three on the list was when the Vikings uh, lost the to Dallas in the Hail Mary game in 1975. Drew Pearson's famous uh, Hail Mary catch in the end zone to beat the Vikings on the last second touchdown throw. I mean, what can you say, boy? Uh, you know, I, I remember that as a kid. Almost felt like crying, but it is what it is. And once again, it might it may have been good for the Vikes anyway. Who knows? Um, they just probably would have lost another another Super Bowl. Number two, 1998, for all you dirty birds down south, y'all remember that. Gary Anderson had missed a kick all year, people, all year, and decides in the championship game with the Falcons he wants to miss a kick. Oh, man. You could feel it coming on. And, you know, I tell you, Dennis Green, from that point on, he played like he didn't even want to win. And them Dirty Birds came in here and represented the NFC um, in the championship game two weeks later. So that was number two when we lost to the Atlanta Falcons in 1998. And I, I told people, for all you Falcons fans, you want to hear the governor, and you're listening to Vince Wright, the sports governor, on Sports Done Right here on Spreaker.com every Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. But what I I told people here, Minnesota started, they they started line stepping. They started being the front runners, you guys. They started playing them cute little songs. They played the little remake of Will Smith going to Miami because that's where the Super Bowl was. And I was the only one here going, hey, the team we're playing, even though we're 15 and one, I mean, they're they're 14 and two. Okay, they're they're no slouch. So, oh boy. Yep. And um, once again. Yep, we got our butts handed to us. So that was uh, number two. And number one, the greatest, most disappointing moment in Minnesota sports history. And I know the brothers down south don't care too much about hockey, but when you're in Minnesota, as they call themselves the state of hockey, the North Stars move to Dallas. That was just gut-riching for the population of this state owner of the team at the time norm green y'all remember norm green don't you yeah oh yeah 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 okay settle 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 well you know minnesota had some things working against them they did not want to fix the old metropolitan center where the minnesota north stars played you know, the classic stuff you see today in sports out there, everybody in the uh, House of Representatives that's listening in, in the chat room. But, you know, Minnesota didn't want to give them the money. The state legislature didn't want to give them money to fix it up. Then the owner got involved with a secretary or some co-worker out there. Now, next thing you know, the owner's got a sexual harassment charge uh, filed on them. And when the owner's wife says, you know what, um, it's time for us to go. Okay, so his wife basically said, you know, beat this charge. We're going to take this team. We're moving away from the Twin Cities. And, hell, they wound up in Dallas. And they were one of the first teams to actually head towards the warmer weather. 
And but you know to their success, Dallas has been a successful organization. Unfortunately for us, um, we were not able to keep the North Star name or the logo or anything like that. That went down to Dallas with uh, Norm Green as well, and they wind up winning a Stanley Cup down there um, a few years later. So that is the top ten of the uh, Minnesota sports scene. There, so the most difficult moments. We're going to come back. We're going to touch on the Twins. We're going to touch on a little bit of the college uh, college of professional baseball because guess what? The playoffs are going right now. And I got the Houston Yankees game on. And Houston is up in the top of the third, one to nothing on the Yankees. And let's see what we got here. All right, we got three outs. Yankees uh, just uh, turned a... Uh, a uh, simple out there. So Yankees coming up the bat. Gregorius, Gardner, and Young coming up for the Yankees in the middle of the third inning. It is one nothing Houston. And we will see what pans out there because, again, you know, Houston played solid baseball all year. Yankees, um, obviously Big Vern's team, um, you know, doing their thing as well. Let's see if A-Rod can uh, set himself apart from Jeter tonight. So. All right, folks, we are going to take another quick little musical break. We're going to come back. We are going to get into the, um, oh, you know, we're going to start with the college football. A lot of fun games this weekend, a lot of stuff going on. So keep it tuned here, ladies and gentlemen. Again, we're going to start with Minnesota music. And this isn't so much a music. This, bear with me, is my, my girl Desdemona. Um, again, she is uh, one Minnesota spoken word female rap uh, champion up here as well. And this is just a cool little tune. It's called I Wanted to Be an MC. Listen closely, people, and enjoy. Sometimes I rhyme slow, sometimes I rhyme quick. You thought I was nice and smooth, but I'm really just slick. Rick, I tick and talk with my biological clock, and I crawl when I can't walk. I've seen joy and pain and realized that there's always sunshine after the rain. I got it made, got everything from cotton to suede. Seen the ledge from the edge, wanted to be a leader of the new school, but ended up in special ed. They told me I was too short and too vanilla ice. Said I shouldn't rock the mic because I wasn't too hype. They called me MC Light, and it wasn't because I was skinny. See, I thought P.E. stood for physical education. I called in a request and they said I had the wrong station. I drifted from the far side till I saw the day law of my soul, but the beat kept passing me by, so I decided to let it go. I found a honeycomb, and that's where I met a tribe called Quest, but the killer bees chased me out of the nest. I just wanted to be a part of the goody mob, but they told me I was just an outcast and that I would never, ever last. So I went down to the lords of the underground, but they told me not to bust a rhyme. They said, common sense will tell you that it's just not the right time. I went from Biggie to Smalls to find lyrics that fit, and then they asked me if I was ready to be a true fushnik. They showed me the M-E-T-H-O-D and the treacherous techniques. They blessed me with the rhythm, but I still couldn't find the beat. They scribed hieroglyphics and traced it back to the roots. I saw the show, and then I got juiced. I met this cat called Eric B., and I asked him to listen, but he told me I didn't rock him, and then he started dissing. I put the needle on the record and thought the sound was most deaf, went to the store with 50 Cent and bought some M&Ms. I passed out on the way back to my house. My mom found me on the sidewalk with water she doused. She said, are you conscious, daughter, or should I call Dr. Dre? And I said, no, no, it's okay. I just need a tall glass of LL Cool J. That night, I dreamt of black stars and jazzy, diggable planets, and it made me feel high. Then I saw a little red man floating through the sky. The beast boys who live next door woke me up, the little creeps, and they said, if you're going to be an MC, don't sleep. 
I thought, these souls of mischief have got to be alcoholics because they took my bottle of Brass Monkey and then they stole my wallet. That's when I realized that this hip-hop thing wasn't for me. So from then on, I called on my rhymes poetry.
What's going on, everybody? Uptown with our main man, the one and only doctor of funk himself, Prince, the local boy done good, singing about Minneapolis's favorite neighborhood, Uptown. That's right. Uh, that's where his first studio was. That's where he spent most of his time. Uptown, Minneapolis, one of the best uh, neighborhoods you will see in our city. And definitely one of my favorite spots to be uh, hanging out in the summer. So glad everybody is chilling. Chat room is on fire. Man, where to even begin with everybody in here? Grego, Vern, K3000, OG, Dion, everybody's up in here. The Secretary of Sports Information, Jungle Brother. I'd like to thank everybody for coming out tonight on, uh, again, Tuesday, Sports Done Right. You will find us here every Tuesday night at 730 and I'm um, glad that you guys decided to spend an hour or two with the sports governor, Vince Wright. So let's get into this, man. Minnesota went down to Evanston, Illinois, and got their nuts handed to them. Um, what can you say? It is college football time. You know, Minnesota, boy, what can you say? Mitch Leidner, whole offense just laid an egg. And the Gophers got nothing to show for it at all. Matter of fact, you got to wonder if even next week that maybe Purdue is the favorite. Gophers go down 27-0 to the Northwestern Wildcats. And boy, let me tell you something for all the folks out there as well. We can just cut the rouser. We don't even need to hear, hear the Minnesota part of it. Um, not worthy of it this weekend. But let me tell you, man, Northwestern came to play. If you guys don't think this team uh, is legit, uh, they came in having the not only one of the best defenses people in, in the uh, Big Ten, um, Justin Jackson is one of the best running backs out there. They are number one in the Big Ten in rushing, averaging 265 yards a game. Okay? Um, he is the uh, Justin Jackson, also the number two uh, Big Ten uh, rusher running 20 times for well he ran 20 times for 120 yards uh, the 10th time in the last 12 games that he's eclipsed the 100 yard mark so hats off to him you know if you're a wildcat fan that's your guy but again um solid play wasn't you know uh they they didn't do anything really extraordinary uh the defense just held the gophers in check and the gopher offense boy once again just there there is just nothing there um, um, Demery Croft, who's a true freshman, came in and he replaced Mitch Leidner, who you know went out to the pitchforks there. You hear the crowd in the studio getting all riled up right now over Mitch Leidner, but again, uh, he he did nothing. And the thing that surprises me is uh, Coach Kill has already insisted that Mitch Leidner is the starter for next week. Uh, he was trying to phase in Demery Croft because he. You know, because their games were so close in the preseason that he wasn't able to get Demry Croft in. Again, he is a true, he was a red-shirted true freshman. So Demry Croft has to come in kind of thrown to the wolves, so to speak. And the other quarterback, Chris Streveler, is going to be a permanent wide receiver now. So there is another quarterback, uh, Jacques, uh, Jacques Pera who is going to be the third quarterback on the team. Again, another freshman. And, you know, he may actually get some time as well. They're looking to maybe get him in. So 
I, for the first time in Coach Kill's four four year tenure up here, people, um, the coaching staff seems lost up here in uh, Gopher Land, and that's coming right from the sports governor. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's right here. I, I got an article right here. I believe talking about Coach Kill. You know, he doesn't know what's going on. Basically, um, here I'll just read this from the article. Three hours before Sunday's team meeting, Kill wondered aloud what strategy he should use to get players over the Northwestern debacle. Uh, do they run extra wind sprints? I don't know, he said, if we'll get much out of them. Do you watch film or do you throw it in the trash and start from scratch? I mean, it's a good question. I don't know. So Gophers got to get this figured out because they're about to go down. Purdue, even in a loss to Michigan State, uh, looked very good. You know, they battled back, and they came back hard. You know, they were down 21 nothing at halftime, came back and uh, got 21 points to uh, Michigan State's only three in the fourth quarter. So they almost pulled it out. And Purdue is now looking at the Gophers going, hey, we can get a Big Ten victory here at home and see if we can start riding our ship as well because Purdue – has been so dormant for so long, they're looking to get back into the, into the uh, Big Ten race as well. So, um, you know, lots of things to, to consider here. Uh, the Gophers, listen to this stat, have sunk to 127th among 128 football bowl subdivision teams in scoring offense, averaging 15.4 points per game. Wow. 15.4 points a game is 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 comical i mean it's just comical i don't know what to tell you man i don't know what to tell you so gophers got a lot to a lot to do let's jump in this chat room here um i apologize been going through some stuff here so let me get back in this chat room see what's going on with everybody everybody dug the prince music so we like that really appreciate all that stuff um again me telling people about uptown minneapolis um what who, who else we got in here k3000 um calls the governor suge Wright because of the music selection thank you so much k3000 um og dion's in here like i said grego's in here um again we're talking about the patriots up in here the giants because of the chief rocker jersey Vern. Uh, him and Jungle Brother, huge Giants fans. Grego coming from Massachusetts, representing his Patriots. So y'all keep that chat going here. I'm having some issues actually with the chat, so that's why I haven't been on there. I'm going to jump on the phone in the next segment so I can keep up with everybody in there and see what's <laughs> going on with the chat. So, But again, Northwestern came to ball, man. You know, it was, it was just crazy that their defense – um, totally stacked the line, no running game, no, no offense, obviously whatsoever for the Gophers and Wildcats, uh, defense has allowed three touchdowns all season. So there you go there. That is really it again. Gophers ain't really a lot to go over there, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, the Gopher offense just sucks right now. Uh, Breen body Calhoun, our number one defensive back did not make the trip last week. Uh, he was injured. We're trying to get word, see if he's going to be back for the Purdue game this weekend. And, oh, baseball update. Astros go deep. And that was Carlos Gomez, the former twin, going deep in Yankee Stadium. 
And the Astros feeling good. They are up 2-0 in the top of the fourth. And they have a runner on first with only one out. So we got a possible uh, little rally going on here. And Yankees got pitchers in the bullpen as well. So let's see what else is going on. Let's go over the uh, Big Ten scores here real quick, people. Again, I'll jump in that chat room in a minute. We had Nebraska losing to Illinois. Tommy, Tommy Armstrong Jr. only had 105 yards passing, but again, North or Nebraska, excuse me, 13 points. Illinois topped them with 14, and that those 14 came in the last quarter. Um, you know, Illinois again, another team that has had some. You know, they've had teams in the past, but uh, Wes Lunt, quarterback for them. Um, who's really starting to kind of come into his own a little bit down there. I'll give I'll give him a little credit. He threw for 251 yards, and the Fighting Illini come out with a big Big Ten victory over Nebraska in Champaign, 14-13. Michigan, as uh, most of us already know, was all over Maryland, 28-0. Uh, is Michigan back? We talked about that on Jungle Brothers show, and we're going to find out here because uh, Michigan is um, – well, they got some games coming up here. They got Michigan State in a couple weeks, I believe. Um, they got Northwestern coming up here as well. So um, we're going to find out about Michigan here very quickly. Obviously, top-ranked um, Ohio State, 34-27 over the Indiana Hoosiers, who definitely made a game of it for, for all game, basically. Uh, Cardell Jones threw for 245 yards. Ezekiel Elliott, player of the game, rushed for 274 yards. And three touchdowns there. So Indiana survives the scare in Bloomington, hangs tough, and keeps their number one ranking. Um, obviously went over to Gopher score. Um, who else we got here? Penn State barely ekes out a victory over Army, 20-14. Uh, to 14. And again, uh, Hackenberg only 156 yards passing there. Um, you know... A lot of stuff going on. Penn State's got to pick it up. Their coach knows this as well. Nick Scott, um, the running back out there, he did not have a good day as well. And he only rushed for 54 yards. So Penn State, they got questions out there. And we'll see what they got coming up as well. So um, Iowa, the big game in the West Division as well. The other big one, Iowa, 10-6 over the Wisconsin Badgers people. Boy, what is it about these Iowa Hawkeyes this year? Um, they are just starting to roam over the heartland and in a defensive battle where uh, their, their quarterback, C.J. Beathard, only went for 77 yards. Um, Canizari, the running back out there, went for a buck 25. But, man, Iowa has gotten themselves into the inside lane, the driver's seat of the Big Ten West Division people. Iowa 5-0. and Um Looking forward to them in Northwestern now. The two undefeateds on a collision course, and those two teams have the inside track. But I think Iowa, because they have beaten Wisconsin on the road, uh, that is the definitely more of a mental makeup. And uh, give them the edge over Northwestern at this time. Iowa Hawkeyes, leaders of the Big Ten West Division as of uh, right now. So hats off to the to the Hawkeye fans. They have reclaimed the Cyhawk Trophy from Iowa State, and things are going very well down there. And let's take a look. You know, Nebraska's in big trouble. You know, they they don't they just seem to mismanage games down there. Um, 
but again, new coaching staff. It's going to take a minute, people. It's going to take a minute. You know, Purdue, again, like we talked about, they can build on that loss and they can come back. And, you know, the Gophers are right for the pick in there. And Purdue can get their first Big Ten victory. Um, Indiana has to steady the ship now. Okay, they, they had the big game. They had number one team in the country. They came in. They played sharp, did what they had to do, except for win. But the season is far from over. Uh, Indiana is still looking to get bowl eligible, and they're, you know they're only a couple wins away, and that's how they should really look at success. It has been a long time since Indiana has been bowl eligible, and if they can get a couple more wins this year and just get to a bowl, get the extra practices in December, let the kids kind of enjoy you know the the perks of going on that trip. That's really going to help their program down there and um, hopefully start bringing some recruits if you're a uh, Indiana alum or a fan of that school. So um, what about Michigan State? Um, Michigan State, you know, I, all teams kind of have this, you know, the, this tough conference game. It takes a minute. It takes a while to get there. Um, and they battled with Purdue. You know, they thought they had, I'm sure they overlooked Purdue a little bit. I'm sure that they thought, hey, it's Purdue, no big deal. No, we got them, but hey, Purdue came to play. They're going to be just fine, and I still look forward to them uh, battling the Ohio State Buckeyes, but I also look forward to them getting in the mix now with the Michigan Wolverines as well. So, um, you know, hats off to Coach Harbaugh out there. He's got the Wolverines playing some football, and, you know, all of a sudden – it is a uh, fun little thing to watch that Big Ten East out there. So it's going to be real fun. Jersey, what you, what you talking about here in the chat room? The governor talking about the double play. Jersey Vern. Um, who else do we got in here? K3000 OG, the dopest MC on the East Coast. Uh, Jersey Vern says, don't worry about us. We are not the twins. Ha ha. He's always talking ish in there. Grego says Nebraska used to be a powerhouse. They got to get back soon. And I think they will, Grego. You know, again, they got a new coach, whole new system down there. And it's just going to take a minute for them, you know. Um, once they fired their coach last year, you know how it affects uh, recruiting and things like that. So I think they'll be just fine. Big Tank Murdoch, want to say what up to Big Tank. And Tank says the that Nebraska and Gophers are hurting for certain he absolutely is correct there crowd is not happy with that here in minnesota big tank but you are absolutely correct and we have got nothing to say about it my friends so that's what we are going to do there all right man sports done right resetting it you are listening to the sports governor vince wright that is me. That is I. I'm here in the Situation Room enjoying a nice little uh, chilled shot of Patron Silver in my Doug Stewart shot glass. And I am chopping it up with everybody in the House of Representatives, also known as the Chat Room, um, Big Tank, Jersey Verns, uh, Sluggo, Grego, uh, Jungle Brother, K3000, everybody up in there. And I appreciate it. And thank you for listening and again another Tuesday night on Spreaker.com. So... Appreciate that, y'all. All right, people. Want to give some shout-outs as we wrap up our college football segment here. Um, we went around the Big Ten real quick. We're going to touch on next week's schedule here um, for the Big Ten here very shortly. And 
you know, one of the things too that that the Big Ten is really going to have to have um, an issue with is the quarterbacks. Uh, quarterbacks. I mean, listen to some of the stats for these quarterbacks here. And again, this was from the Big Ten website. Mitch Leidner, uh, 10 of 21, 72 yards. Uh, Produced David Blow, uh, 15 of 31 for a buck, 36 and a touchdown. C.J. Beathard, like we said, had 77 yards on 9 of 21 and still wins the game in Wisconsin. Imagine that. Um, Maryland's Caleb Rowe went 8 for 27 for 47 yards and 3 TDs. Michigan State's uh, Jake Ruddock went 16 for 32, a buck 80. Nate Sudfeld in the, for Indiana, 10 for 21, a buck 34. Very mediocre uh, play. Christian Hackenberg for Penn State, 10 of 19 for 156 yards. So very mediocre quarterback play. And if we're going to be in the league conference, we're really going to have to tighten that up. Um, that is atrocious uh, quarterback play from, you know, basically the whole league, man. So... Um, oh, K3000, we call him the Manifesto King. I'm going to try and read this real quick. OG's has four hit songs so far, two of which, one, Fly Like a Falcon and You Can Get Like Me, which is number four on the charts right now. And this first number one hit, I used to be a dirty bird, but now I win so much. All I can say is word. Okay, okay. Um, the Falcons living the dream down there. We're going to get into your Falcons in a minute. Um one of the other things that we'd like to give a shout out here because we are a Minnesota-based sports show is we like to talk about Division Two and Division Three football real quick. Upper Midwest is kicking it, man, for football as usual. Uh, the powers reside in the Upper Midwest. So let's take a quick jaunt down um, Division Two, II, Division Three, and um, what we used to call the Division 1A or which is now called, I believe, the FCS subdivision or whatever it is. But... North Dakota State hanging tough at number three. They're playing for their fifth straight national championship. So they came down here and whipped up on the Gophers, too, a few years ago. So I definitely got to give them their props. South Dakota State ranked number eight. Illinois State, who played North Dakota State last year and lost, I believe, in the championship game, is ranked number four. And North Dakota is ranked number 23. So of the uh, old Division 1A schools there in our region, let's move down to Division 2, Mankato State University, or Minnesota State at Mankato, as it's now called, is still number one in the country for Division 2. The University of Sioux Falls over in South Dakota is number four. And the University of Minnesota Duluth, which is up on Lake Superior in Duluth, Minnesota, a couple hours north of the executive mansion, is number 15. And again, you are listening to the Sports Governor Vince Wright. Sports done right every Tuesday night on Spreaker.com. All right, moving it over to Division Three, Wisconsin Whitewater, defending champions. And uh, champions multiple times over, ranked number one for Division Three. St. Thomas University here in St. Paul, Minnesota is ranked number eight. And two other University of Wisconsin schools are jumping in as well. The University of Wisconsin at Platteville is 14th ranked in Division Three, And the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh is ranked 15. So look at the UW schools doing their thing. Let's finish this up here. We got a couple Minnesota schools. St. John's University here in Minnesota up in Collegeville is ranked 16th, Division Three. 
Gustavus Adolphus College uh, down in southern Minnesota is ranked number 23. And Concordia Moorhead in Moorhead, Minnesota is ranked number 24. So there it is. Um, as you see, a lot of schools around here, a lot of football talent on all levels. And, you know, uh, besides the Gophers, the rest of these schools are doing it and doing their thing. So, all right, man, we are going to um, take a quick break. We are going to uh, come back. We're going to finish up with a couple news and notes on college football. And then we are moving right into the NFL. We are almost an hour in. We got about an hour to go. We're going to wrap things up here and get ready for cooking with the microwave. Big John Fisher. Again, he heats it up, so we call him the microwave. He's going to be on after my show as usual, and uh, you got to love his takes, man. Got to love his takes, and maybe you'll hear from Grandma Eunice tonight as well. So um want to give a shout-out real quick to my main man, the Real Cast Rangers, Jersey Vern. Love Jersey Vern. Got to say what up to my main man, Jungle Brother. I was uh, a guest with uh, him and That Ninja on his show on Sunday morning. Kind of nice doing a little breakfast, talking a little sports, having a little coffee. And that was a real fun show, man. Everybody had some real good takes on that show. And you can find Jungle Brother, RealCast Radio, um, that podcast on Spreaker.com as well. So everybody keep it tuned here. And we are going to be right back because i'm the sports governor you are listening to sports done right and i appreciate it i was a terror since the public school era bathroom passes cutting classes squeezing asses smoking blunts was a daily routine since 13 a chubby nigga on the scene i used to have the trade deuce and the deuce deuce in my bubble goose, now I got the Mac in my knapsack, lounging black, smoking sacks up in axe and sidekicks, with my sidekicks, rocking fly kicks, honeys wanna chat, but all we wanna know is where the party at, and can I bring my cat, if not, I hope I don't get shot, better throw my vest on my chest, cause niggas is a mess, it don't take nothing but front for me to start something, bugging and bucking at niggas like I was duck hunting, coming out just me and my crew, cause all we wanna do is, I think I might just hit her with a little biggie 101. 
one how to tote a gun and have fun with Jamaican rum conversation. Blunts in rotation. My man Big Jock got the Glock in his waist and we're smoking, drinking. Got the hooker thinking. If money smell bad, then this nigga big is stinking. Is it my charm? I got the hookers eating out my palm. She grabbed my arm and said, let's leave calm. I'm hitting skins again. Rolled up another blunt water behind the chin. Niggas start to low down. A kid got choked out. Blows with stone and a fucking fight broke out. <laughs> And we are back, everybody. Biggie, biggie, baby. Little party and bullshit and party and bullshit. My main man, love Biggie, man. He he was the best for me. So, I mean, that, you know, Grego says it in the chat room. The dude was so talented. Puff Daddy, Biggie, everybody loves Big. Big was great. Um, everybody in the chat room having a good time. Glad you guys are chopping it up with me tonight on Sports Done Right, Spreaker.com. Um, Vince Wright, the sports governor here, taking you through to cooking with the microwave close to the top of the hour there. Appreciate everybody dropping by, man. Um, Grego, uh, you know, Jersey, everybody, Jungle, K3000, OG Dion, and on and on and on it goes. We may have a little visit from the First Lady tonight. She is uh, doing some errands, um, as usual. But hopefully we may hear from her a little later on. I wanted to touch on Charlie Strong down there at Texas. Uh, we, you know, we talked about this Sunday on Jungle Brothers show, and it looks like, uh, surprisingly, that Charlie Strong is getting support and, um, you know, hopefully should be able to ride out the rest of the season. Um, you know, it started on ESPN. I saw on some of their shows that the, everybody was basically saying, look, you got to give the guy some time. You know, that we realize it's Texas and they want to win now. But the thing is, is that some Texas is not the Texas of old. There are six, seven Division One schools there. Um, you know, kids who, you know, back in, when I was a kid, even growing up, who played in Texas and wanted to play for Texas. Now they can choose between Baylor, TCU, um, and, and even some of the lower ranked players can still go to schools within Texas. I mean, it's just, it's you know, like I said, they got six, seven Division One programs in the state. And, you know, Texas has got to really go out and they have to earn it. They have to recruit. And that is something that they never used to do. And, you know, um, Ninja, that Ninja brought that up when we we're discussing it Sunday. And I totally agree with him. They have to go out now and earn it because these kids can go to Baylor's and TCU's and University of Houston, SMU, wherever it is, you know. Uh, they even got a University of Texas San Antonio, which is a joint, I think, Conference USA and plays in the Alamo Dome. So a lot of stuff going on down there in Texas. 
And, you know, so it, it's good to see that, you know, at least for right now that the people down there, uh, boosters of the program, supporters of the program are willing to uh, give him some breathing room as the article I'm looking at from uh, CBS Sports says. And that is really good to see because uh, a lot of times, man, we, we get these coaches in there and we run them out because we want these instant results. And college football is just such a different beast nowadays is that you, you got to realize that. So uh, congratulations, Charlie. Now, now the thing is, is that they got to find a way to win a game. Um, you know, to get their butts handed to them like they did up in uh, Fort Worth at TCU uh, the other day, 50-7. to seven. And, you know, honestly, TCU probably could have scored 90 points. They, they really, if they wanted to, they probably could have pushed that and said, if we want 100 points, they want to get in there. And, um, ladies and gentlemen, out in the House of Representatives, it is duly noted that the representative dollars and cents is recognized. Dollars, what is up? Glad you're in the House of Representatives, my brother. Welcome. Governor's glad you're hanging out, chopping it up with us. Dollar says that Ninja's going to get canned next year. Wish it was true, but they're going to give him time when you have Jim Harbaugh that turn U of M around overnight. Yeah, that's a very good point. People are going to look at these other coaches and, you know, the coach down at Houston is, or Houston down at uh, Florida as, as well, you know, McElwain. And, you know, I mean, again, instant gratification. Very good point, Dollars. Um, Sluggo says, we'll see, Dollars. Year three is critical, though. And you are absolutely right, Sluggo. Next year, you know, they may have washed off this year because, you know, they're, they're one in three, one in four, whatever it is. Um, they ain't going nowhere. We know that. But next year, boy, he has got to find a way to win some games. He's got to find a way to win maybe a game he shouldn't win. And, again, Texas is going to have to come back hard, people. So, um, But glad that, at least for now, um, some of the heat has recited off of uh, Coach Strong. And, again, that brings us over to Coach Harbaugh. And the article that I was uh, checking out here and talking about uh, new coaches having immediate impact at Michigan, Florida, Illinois, and Houston. Um, again, that goes to that instant gratification. A lot of people, again, they're going to look at, um, um, you know, the Florida. They're going to look at Coach Harbaugh at Michigan, like they said here. And they're really going to start wondering, well, gee, why can't we find a coach that could do that? Well, you know, it takes time, people. It takes time. So, um, again, you know, you, Florida and Michigan had a lot of pieces in place already. I mean, um, you know, they are Florida, they are Michigan, they got the facilities, they got the money. So, but again, it's always good to see them a couple weeks. We have LSU at Florida. That is going to be the big game I'm looking forward to. And Michigan, like I said, they got Northwestern coming up here. Um, a lot, a lot of big games coming up. And let's take a very quick look at the Big Ten as we're rounding out our college football coverage. Uh, Big Ten next week, we got Illinois and Iowa. That's going to be on ESPNU. Uh, that's at noon Eastern time, the 11 o'clock Central start. Indiana has Penn State. Minnesota goes down to Purdue. Michigan State is at Rutgers. Maryland is at Ohio State. Wisconsin, here's the big game in the West. Wisconsin, Nebraska and Northwestern and Michigan, and I believe that is at Michigan. So Northwestern is 5-0, and Michigan is 4-1. and Let's see if the O goes or if uh, Northwestern next week becomes bowl eligible and goes 6-0. and Wouldn't that be something? 
Um, Iowa doing the same. And Illinois, 4-1, and one, they're looking to get back into the bowl talk as well. So a lot of good subplots going on in the Big Ten, people. So, you know, keep it tuned here. And we will be covering it on Sports Done Right. Again, Vince Wright, sports governor here. Glad everybody's chopping it up with us. Let's get into this chat room. Dollars and cents says, especially if he keeps blowing out, Vince. Ish isn't competitive. That's the big issue. We got to be competitive. Another blowout, it's a wrap. So Dollar says maybe a strong may not survive this season. Now, if, if they just keep putting up BS like they did this past week, that is definitely a possibility. It is the University of Texas. It's a lot of pride. It's, it's the, you know, the, one of the biggest states in the country, and Texas football still does represent that state. So um, wish we had Texas tie in the house with us tonight to maybe put a little Texas spin on that. But I do agree with you. Um, Dollar says he wasn't calling for Strong to get canned at all. I, I didn't get that as well. But um, Jungle Brother says, what a surprise, Dollar trolling on Coach Strong. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so the, the Secretary of Sports Information has unleashed, and him and Dollars are off and running in the chat room. So hopefully they will take it easy on each other out there. <laughs> all right, people. Um, one other little thing. Whoever thought Utah and California would be one of the, the premier games in the Pac-12? Um, you know, California coming out of nowhere. Utah, same deal. Um, they got a big game coming up. Uh, fun little, uh, kind of a good feel-good story here. Bowling Green coach Dino Barbers. Um, he is a uh, black coach at Bowling Green University, and we we say that because there just aren't a lot of black coaches out there so when we do find them we want to kind of give let them be known so to speak so uh dino barbers and the team trainer chelsea Lowe came across a car accident in which a woman was trapped inside a burning car on i-90 in the state of ohio and they both worked and uh, got this woman free and saved this woman's life man so hats off to them uh, ripping up burning cars Getting people out of there Hats off to Coach Dino Barbers And Chelsea Lowe, the team trainer Now, uh, for the victim It was a good thing because uh, Miss Lowe here is the wife Of an EMT worker And she's also the daughter of a volunteer Fireman, so um, Hats off to them, lives being Saved out there in uh, the uh, Ohio area um, one other last little note, um, assault charges have been dropped against Rutgers wide receiver Leonte Carew. Um, the victim in that case decided that she did not want to cooperate. She did not want to testify in the trial and they were not able to move forward with the trial at that point. So, um, hats off to the big 10 conference. They're hanging in there. Um, SEC. Um, we had a lot of good games, uh, you know, ACC as well. Um, you know, we're not going to talk too much about them tonight. So I'm going to set it up for next week. We've got Florida State, Miami, um, a lot of other games cracking. But one of the things that we're going to do is we are going to take a quick look here. And we are going to give you our ballers of the week for the Big Ten as we move on. And again, the offensive uh, baller of the week is without a doubt Ezekiel Elliott, Ohio State. Um, again, 274 yards, averaged almost 12 yards a carry last weekend um, with those numbers. 
So um, he leads all Big Ten players in rushing yards. He ranks sixth nationally. Um, what can you say, man? Ezekiel is the player, and he's, he's a badass. Uh, defensive baller of the week goes to Desmond King. He is a defensive back from Iowa University of. He's a junior, and he recorded nine tackles and two interceptions against the Badgers last weekend. So we want to give it, give it up to him as well. Hats off there to uh, Desmond King from Iowa. He has uh, helped the team reach 5-0 for the first time since 2009. And this is his second multi-interception game of the season. So uh, hats off to him, man. The Ballers of the Week for the Big Ten. What can you say, man? Hats off to them. And again, big games coming up, people. Big games coming up, so... All right, we're going to take another quick little break here. We're going to get things situated as we transition into a little NFL talk. Um, again, uh, one of the things that is uh, coming up that I, oh, I'm sorry that I wanted to share with my people out there. Totally forgot. We're going to be doing some live remotes, y'all. Yes, indeed. We are going to be doing some live remotes. So Sports Done Right is going to be coming to you live Saturday morning in a couple weeks when the University of Nebraska Cornhuskers hit TCF Bank Stadium because one of the things is we have the executive tailgate section over in the infamous and the party town lot 37. So if anybody who knows me who's seen the pictures from years gone past on lot 37, it is the tailgate spot at the U of M. We will be back there, and this will actually be my first time there because um, just from the schedule, I wasn't able to make a couple games, but we're going to be doing the podcast live from there. We're going to spend the hour. We're going to be talking to some people about the food they're cooking, go for football, everything going on in the tailgate lots there. So a lot of fun things coming up on Sports Done Right, man. Cannot wait. Jungle Brother, well, Jungle, the – what can we say, man? This next song's for you, my friend. Um, you know, you you are the man, the myth, the legend. So let's just get right to it. So this is Sports Done Right with the Sports Governor Vince Wright. I will be right back. You are listening to me live from the Situation Room. Middle finger for all Jealous at my ride Steering your own black 
Sports done right. That's right. The governor is back, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, everybody? What's going on? Hey, I, a lot of people wanted to know what is hey gov what is this well just wanted everybody to know that at the beginning of our show we like to give it up to our state bird the loon a duck and that's the beautiful sounds that it makes when you're up in the north part of our state and when you're up at the cabin and you're uh, woken in the morning by the beautiful sounds of the loons so that's what that sound is and that's why i start the show with it's just kind of a minnesota thing people who are from minnesota have actually hit me up on twitter and from this part of the country and they know exactly what it is so um kind of a fun little way to start the show there and um then we get into the uh to the music but I uh, wanted to touch base very, very quickly because we haven't talked baseball in a while. We're going to move through this kind of quickly here because I want to keep everything on schedule for cooking with the microwave. Uh-oh, the motorcade is on its way. Angie Wright has checked in, and the uh, motorcade is on its way back to the mansion. So hopefully she can make it for the last segment, and we can hear from Minnesota Sports Lady of Sports, Angie Right. So, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Come on now. I mean, this is the first lady we're talking about here. There we go. There we go. First lady of sports, everybody. Angie Wright is uh, checking us out in the motorcade coming down uh, Highway 694, I'm sure, with the police escort. So we will have her here shortly. And wanted to check in on our Minnesota Twins. Um, before we do that, let's give you an update here. As I know we got the Yankee fans in the house. We are in the bottom of the sixth inning. Houston still up 2-0. No outs. Yankees are trying to get something started. Got a runner on first. I'm trying to see who that was. But um, no outs. Runner on first. And maybe this is the beginning of one of them magical Yankee Stadium moments again. So I will keep you tuned on that. Um, everybody in the chat room's checking in with the first lady, Sluggo, um, my main man, Jungle Brother, K3000, Jersey Vern, Dollars and Cents. Um, again, everybody, thank you so much for hanging out with the sports governor. Uh, the Twins finished at 83 and 79 this year. 13 more victories for Paul Molitor in his inaugural season as manager of this club. Um, one of the things uh, Trevor May wants to start again, and he's going to look to get out of the bullpen. Paul, Paul Molitor has said Trevor May will be a starter next year or should be in the rotation at least, but he is going to have some competition. Um, Trevor May did finish 4-8 and eight with a 4.43 ERA this season. He's going to have to compete with young studs uh, Ricky Nolasco, Irvin Santana and Phil Hughes all under contract by the way as well so um, prospects are going to be coming up for AAA and uh, Tyler Duffy one of the uh, minor league studs is going to be coming in here as well next year to try and get on to the squad so Jersey Vern we got to watch the language man what do you mean to F the twins gov come on man I know your Yankees are out there trying to do it and I'm giving them props people are in here the studio audience Everybody is giving your team props. So you got to chill, man. You just got to chill. Anyway, back to the Twins. We're just doing a season roundup. It is sports done right, Jersey. I do Minnesota sports, and the people want to hear from their governor. I am duly elected. And one more outburst like that, you're going to get vetoed, homie. So anyway, back to the situation at hand. Brian Dozier is going to have an MRI. Uh, see what's ailing him. 
Twins are going to have a retreat this week as well. All the front office and the scouts are going to be meeting down in Fort Myers, Florida to assess the team. Some other quick baseball notes uh, moving away from our Twins. There really isn't a whole lot happening with the Twins outside of that. So we move on. Let's give it up to our main man, Ichiro Suzuki, ladies and gentlemen. Ichiro has signed another contract, a one-year contract for $2 million, uh, with the Marlins. He's closing in on 3,000 hits. He only needs 65 more hits to reach 3,000. Um, there is also a $2 million option for 2017 as well. And the Marlins also are readjusting their ballpark down there. They are moving in the fences. As of now, the uh, the measurements are make it very unhittable. 418 feet to straightaway center field, 344 down the left field line, 335 down the right field line. So they're going to be looking to readjust the fences. And the Rockies uh, fire or may fire their manager as well, Walt Weiss. Um, it could happen any day now. He is a uh, 208 and 272 losses in three seasons out there. Again, 208 wins versus 272 losses for Walt Weiss, a very good player in his day. And let's jump into the chat room as well. Dollars and cents says he loves each row. One of the best hitters in baseball history. I could not agree more with you there. Absolutely. Well said. OG Dion's on, on here and dollars and cents welcoming the first lady as she's heading back in the motorcade. So um, appreciate everybody hanging out with the gov again, sports done right, taking it home, getting ready for uh, cooking with the microwave tonight. John Fish, if you're out there, we need you to check in on the uh, Senate floor here, man, because we're waiting for you, homeboy. And we want to know if you're going to be on tonight so we can let the people know if you are going to be on. And, oh, Houston almost turned a very, very tough double play. They only get the lead runner at second. So there's two outs with a runner on first and the bottom of the sixth. The Astros from Houston are leading the New York Yankees to nothing. So, all right. Again, um, lots of things going on. We got the baseball playoffs starting now. And, man, I am so excited. My Chicago Cubs are back in the mix. Um, not a fan of these one-day playoff games, but it is what it is. And let's start with the National League wildcard game. The Cubs go to Pittsburgh. Should be a great pitcher's uh, duel. Um, Cy Young winner Jake Arrieta, 22-6 with a nasty 1.77 EP ERA. Gets it for my Cubbies. Going against Garrett Cole, 19-8, 2.60 ERA himself. And these dudes are going to be battling. Uh, says here Cole was 2-1 with a 2.13 ERA against the Cubs in four starts this season. While Arietta was 3-1 with a, listen to this, 0.75 ERA against the Pirates. So it is on big time tomorrow. You know the Gov is pulling for his hometown, true hometown team, the Chicago Cubs. This is the year, man. Just like they said in uh, Back to the Future, what was it, 3 where Biff had the sports kettle or the sports uh, digest thing, and it said the Cubs are winning the World Series in 2015, and that's what's going to happen. Go Cubs. Let's do this. The Gov is with you, baby, and I am rooting for you all the way. Let's move on now to the American League wildcard game. we got the Yankees. They're battling right now. 
Man, I am looking forward to this one as well. Houston's up to nothing. I'm loving that. You know we all loving that here as well. And I don't care what Jersey Vern says. I don't care what the Jungle Brothers says. But, hey. Oh, base hit up the middle for the Yankees. Runners on first and second. Two outs. Base hit can maybe cut it down, uh, cut this lead in half here. So, let's see who's coming up for the Yankees. I got my uh, monitors on here in the Situation Room. Uh, Houston's got some pitchers warming up. Here comes there. Is that the pitching coach or manager? And we're going to see if Houston's uh, pitcher stays in the mix here. So uh, Tanaka started for the Yankees. We got uh, Dallas Cucho here for Houston. And we are going to see if uh, he stays in. He's getting a talk to right now. Again, it is two outs. So I think he's probably going to wind up be, uh, staying in here. And see if he can get this final out. And that is exactly what happens. The huddle breaks. And look who is up the bat. A-Royd himself. This is what you wanted, Jersey. This is what you wanted, Jungle. Here we go. Well, Jungle Brother says, sipping on Dollar and those Cubs. Well, I may be sipping, but it's all about Cubs, baby. All about Cubs. So let's see what A-Rod does here. We're going to keep a live eye on here. As we often do on Sports Done Right, when it goes down live, I can I can give you the commentary. Uh, career versus uh, Cucho, Alex is one for nine, and here we go. Pitch one. Oh, it is a pop out to center field right off the bat. Uh, it was a good pitch. It was a good pitch for uh, a Rod to take a swing at. He just got under it a little bit. He knows it, disappointed in himself. But, again, he, he had a good chop at it. Um, Astros are coming up the bat with a two-run lead. And let's see what happens here. Um, Yankee Stadium was the fourth was excuse me the fourth best home run park in baseball this year, this article says, regarding the playoffs. And the Astros were second in the majors in home runs hit at 230. Um, so we'll see what happens here. We're almost done with this game. Hopefully the Yankees lose. Then we have the Rangers and the Blue Jays. That's going to be a fun series. Um, you know, from August 1st to the end of the season, the Rangers were 38-22. and 22. Only American League team with a Becker record, of course, was those Toronto Blue Jays at 40-18, and 18, everybody. My God, 40-18. and 18. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, we can cut that. But anyway, man, Blue Jays doing their business. Um, Texas is coming to play. Toronto's a home field advantage, absolutely. They are 53-28 and 28 at home with the 40-41 and 41 mark on the road. So they're really going to be counting on that um, a dome stadium. The uh, Sky Dome fans, if it is, I don't even know if it's called Sky Dome anymore. But um, they're definitely going to be looking for the home crowd advantage there, and they're going to get it. And I think the Blue Jays will advance past Texas, but I think it's going to be a little bit better series than people are thinking. So um, Dollars and Cents says, good year for those Yanks. They overachieved big time. Too many key injuries. Absolutely. And again, everybody's just waiting for the first lady to join us here as well. Let's take a look at the Mets and the Dodgers. Oh, by the way, the winner of the Astros-Yankees games does get Kansas City. And those Royals are nothing to joke with as well. Um, the Royals playoff rotation, I mean, Johnny Sueto, um, Giordano Ventura, who's 13-8. And, 
Edison Valquez, thirteen and nine. And you know they they got some some pitchers out there. The Royals are looking to get back to the Royals or the uh, World Series as well. Um, kind of disappointing in the month of September. They finished the season off a little bit. They were eleven and seventeen, but they won their final four games um, in October, ironically. And they are back. So keep an eye on them. They get the winner of the Astros Yankees, Mets, and Dodgers. Boy, that's going to be a fun one as well. I mean, where do you even begin, man? Clayton Kershaw, who uh, is 16-7. and seven, He has a 2.33 ERA. Uh, Zach Grinke, 19-3, 1.66. Brett Anderson is 10-9. and nine. Alex Wood, I mean, on and on and on it goes. And the Mets, uh, Matt Harvey, 13-8 and eight with a 2.71 GPA, or GPA, <laughs> ERA. Governor over here um, <laughs> may have to lay off the uh, Patron shot there. But, um, again, Mets and Dodgers are going to be a great series. Uh, lots of good pitchers, good strong rotation for both teams, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, let's see what Don Manningly has for his uh, Los Angeles Dodgers and see if they can find their way and get back to the World Series and um, bring a championship back to uh, Dodger Town. So. And, again, Cubs Pirates, that winner is going to play the Cardinals. It's the never-ending National League Central season. As we talked about all year long, the three teams from the same division have made the playoffs. And, again, we got the Cubs Pirates in the one-day game, and the winner will be going to St. Louis. The Cardinals won the season series over the Cubs, um, 11 games to 8, though the Cubs won four of the six games and two played in September. A plus for St. Louis, it says here, is the Cubs would only be able to use Ariada once. And that is huge, by the way, as well. Um, Cardinal Series won the, they won the uh, season series against the Pirates, 10 games to 9. Pirates actually did outscore them, it says here, 79 to 76. Um, two clubs squared off six times in September, splitting the three games each, so... Lots of uh, fun baseball upcoming here. Keep your eye on the playoffs. Baseball is wrapping up as we move to the World Series. So, All right, folks, we are headed uh, down. We are inside our last half an hour. Sports done right. Again, I am the sports governor. Um, Jersey says, Jungle Vince can't lose. He has 20 teams. <laughs> um, you know, people have said that about me before, but I don't quite have 20. I have a few that I like there, my brother, but, you know, I am the governor. I reserve all rights in the uh, state of Minnesota sports. So, all right, folks, we're going to keep it tuned here. We're going to get a little uh, MJ going. Um, keep it tuned. Sports done right every Tuesday night. We're going to come to you as well, probably on Thursday or Friday. Like I said, um, we did the Big Ten preview show. I taped that Saturday morning, and I threw that up there. We'll probably do that again Saturday morning. Um, a, a quick probably 8 to 15-minute show, somewhere in that time frame. Just very quickly giving you a very quick update on the Big Ten games Saturday. Uh, telling you maybe some key players to look for and uh, some very quick analysis. Again, all done in a very, very uh, speedy way. So look for the uh, Big Ten preview show. Again, that'll be taped and uploaded to Spreaker.com. So we won't be doing any uh, live chatting or anything on that. 
And again, keep your ears open for the real cast Rangers. That's Jersey Vern. That's my main man, Jungle Brother. They are always on the run, and I am proud to be a proud initiate into the uh, Rangers as I did Jungle's whole show with him last weekend. And Jungle, I appreciate the honor, my friends. So thank you very much. All right. Have a shot, have a drink, smoke them stogies. We're going to have a quick little break here. And again, we are wrapping it up. I am going to be right back. We are going to get into some NFL talk. Sports Governor Vince Wright, Sports Done Right. Keep it tuned here, everybody, every Tuesday night.
And that is the late great, our one and only Michael Jackson, everybody. Sports governor coming to you live and direct from the Situation Room somewhere in the great state of Minnesota. We are waiting for the first lady to cold chill and join us, and maybe she'll pop a shot of Patron with the Gov. I am the sports governor, Vince Wright. I am doing it right every Tuesday night and probably every... Uh, probably Friday nights as well. Sports done right on Spreaker.com. A couple other baseball stories I, did, I didn't touch on in the last segment that I did want to get to. Uh, Washington Nationals looking for a new manager. Can that be Cal Ripken Jr.? Um, that is one thing that they are looking at as well as... Um, oh, who else are they looking at out there as well? Um, the guy's name is... Oh, Dusty Baker, outside chance for the Nationals job. But um, Bud Black, that's who it was, uh, the Padres manager who was fired earlier this year. Uh, he was Padres manager for a long, long, long time. And he may be uh, one of the folks to uh, look to get that job as well. Um, Black was manager, like I said, for nine years. He was actually manager of the year in 2007 and nine out there at the Padres, so... Um, Dusty Baker, maybe some other names that join the names out there, but Cal Ripken Jr., obviously the sleek, sexy choice. But from what I've read, Bud Black is obviously way more experienced, and that's what the Nationals need right now. Um, while Cal Ripken is obviously a tempting choice, um, the local kid there from right down the road in Baltimore, obviously, but look for uh, Cal Ripken not to be on that one as well. Um, Tank Murdoch, glad you're checking in. He says Twins Guardy to Nationals on ESPN. What? Really? Huh, that could be interesting. That could be interesting. Again, Houston is holding tough 2-0 over the Yankees. Top of the seventh. Uh, there's one out, and Houston has a runner on first. So we will keep it tuned there as well. Boy, what about that Calvin Johnson fumble at the goal line? On Monday Night Football, I mean, it is just something how these refs keep getting these calls uh, screwed up ridiculously. It is a uh, horrible shame. And again, always after the fact, the NFL will come out and say, well, yeah, of course, well, the refs were wrong. But, you know, that doesn't help anybody there. So, um, you know, as we transition to the NFL... Oh, one other thing. Uh, props to CC Sabathia. He's checking in the alcohol rehab. Um, obviously, um, during the playoffs, the Yankees could have used him, but bigger things need to be taken care of, as he says. So, um, big ups to CC Sabathia. We're praying for you, brother, and hope everything works out for you as well. So, let's move it on over to the NFL. And boy, oh boy, what can you say? Um, I mean,. There's just so much going on with these Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they lost to Denver 23-10. to uh, Tried to go out there, tried to make it happen, and they just couldn't do it, man. That Denver defense, the pass rushing, um, you know, how they, you know, one of the things that I said that they needed to do was get to the quarterback. The Vikings defense needed to get to the quarterback. That didn't happen, as we know, so... Oh, boy. Vikings uh, go down 2-2. Uh, two and two. Uh, Denver 4-0, still undefeated. And what can we say? Uh, Ronnie Hillman for the Broncos. 72-yard touchdown run. 
Uh, Denver's got the league's top-ranked defense, and they collected, uh, what, they got seven sacks in that game, so seven more to their total. Um, I mean, it's just crazy. Um, what can you say? I mean, Denver came to play. Gophers, Vikings held tough, but just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. Unbeaten Broncos, they had their ground game going, actually. Um, Vikings picked off Peyton Man- Manning twice, you know, led to 10 points, you know, off the takeaway. So that's always good. Uh, Broncos came into the game averaging just 57 yards rushing with Manning in the pistol formation behind a uh, fixed up offensive line with two tight ends lined up on the left side. Uh, Hillman went left, took the pitch, went, went around for a uh, touchdown run there. Adrian Peterson was held to 81 yards on 16 carries. And while he did have that big scamper, that 48-yard touchdown run on fourth and inches, and that brought us to within three with a lot of time left. Um, Akib Tlaib, um, you know, he kind of had an off game as well. Um, Tlaib did as well. Um, he was missing a lot of tackles and stuff later in that game, but he's, he's a baller. But um, as AP said, the line spread like the Red Sea, and he was just, as he said, it just opened up, and and he ran right through it. So, And Von Miller, his quote was, that's just AP. We came into the game knowing that he was going to make plays. We're fortunate that it was just the only big one play that he had. And, and um, Von Miller is absolutely right. They did a great job on AP, great job for the most part on the Vikings offense there. Uh, Manning drove the Vike, the Broncos 55 yards in nine plays. Um, McManus's field goal from 39 yards with a minute 51 broke the tie. Vikings obviously couldn't come back. So, again, Vikings go down in Denver. What can you say? I don't know. Um, we'll just, you know, here's, here's what's going to have to happen, people. Yeah, exactly. Tank Murdoch's in here. Oh, James Fuller. I want to say what up to big game James out there in Phoenix, Arizona. My main man. What's going on, James? Appreciate you stopping by as well. James dropping in for the last few minutes of the show. Appreciate that. Top of the hour. We got cooking with the microwave. Big game James in here. I was just talking about the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Again, uh, going down to Denver. And Teddy Bridgewater is really going to have to start stepping up here. Vikings, just uh, as a team, we're going to have to figure some things out at receiver. People just going to have to step up a little bit here as well. So um, Vikings, we'll see what happens with them. Want to give a bad shout-out to the Atlanta Falcons, my uh, home-away-from-home team for everybody down there in the ATL. Big ballers, the Atlanta Falcons rising up, as they like to say, 48-21 to over Houston. Um, Devontae Freeman is one bad running back, and he did it again. Uh, he has six touchdowns in the last two games. And, man, hats off to him. Definitely the baller of the week in the NFL. Could not uh, be anyone but Devontae Freeman. Falcons are doing it, man, and they dominated the whole game. Not that Houston is anything to really write home about outside of J.J. Watt, but, man, they uh, definitely did their thing. So, Hats off to them, and uh, they uh, keep rising up, them Falcons, man. Maybe this could be the uh, magic year for them as well. We'll run through the rest of the scores here. The Jets over in London beat Miami, as you know. Baltimore beat Pittsburgh 23-20. 
Uh, the Giants, there we go. Let's talk about the Giants and Buffalo. Um, as I know, Ninja, I think he picked Buffalo, Jungle, if I remember correctly on this one. And your G-Men, boy, they, they really put it down there and uh, shut Rex Ryan up for a minute and definitely did their thing. So hats off, man, to the New York football Giants. Um, you know, Rashad Jennings had a 51-yard touchdown catch. Um, in the fourth quarter to seal the deal, it was Eli Manning went 20 of 35 for 212 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, you know, what can you say? Um, um, Prince Amua Mukamara, I always have trouble with his name. You know, he got the strip on that one play. So lots of things happening, man. Like I said, Jennings only had uh, 38 yards rushing. Um, but lots of good things happening, and the Giants come away with the win in Buffalo. Oh, hold on. Security is asking for clearance. Ladies and gentlemen, she has just arrived. What can I say? The first lady is in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Angela Wright, the first lady of sports in Minnesota. What's up, girl? Hello out there. My new driver was a little slow today, so sorry for the delay. I don't know who that guy is you hired. It's actually the people of the state of Minnesota that hired the drivers for us, but what can we say? Anyway, Angela, welcome back. Uh, you were missed last weekend. Um, you were up with the uh, girls at the lake. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you were up to with the uh, young ladies up north? Well, on girls' weekend, we have a saying. What happens on Girls Weekend stays on Girls Weekend. Oh, there she is again. What can we say? Trying to be the comedian that she is not. But that's why we love her. First lady of sports, Angela Wright. So uh, did you guys watch the Vikings game up there? Uh, yes, yes, we did. And I, I have to do some fact-checking with you. I was listening on your last segment, and you said the Vikings – lost 23 to 10 i will have to correct you they lost 23 to 20 20 that's right see got to lay off the patron gov what can i say it's been a rough week here dealing with the uh house of representatives and well you know it is what it is so let's jump into the chat room real quick and oh look at this jeff pole has finally checked in saying what's up didn't miss a whole lot, just the Vikings missing the playoffs probably, but as uh, Tank Murdoch says, but what can you do? James Fuller says, what's up to everybody? Big James again from Phoenix, Arizona, checking in from the Valley of the Sun. K3000, she, the Texans will be cursed until they do right by Matt Schaub. Absolutely agree with that. And my bet catching up on sleep is what Jeff says. James Fuller says, what's up to Ange? James is used to getting his butt kicked on the golf course by Angie, so I'm sure he's going to be looking for some payback as well. He will try. He will try. He definitely will. So, All right, folks, we are going to take oh one last little break here. We are going to wrap things up. We're going to talk a little bit more of the uh, NFL when we get back here and uh, get things ready for uh, cooking with the microwave. Uh, again, the Giants, very impressive, I got to say. Um, I thought Buffalo was going to win that game myself. I thought Buffalo might have had the number, but the Giants come back with a big win. And um, 
good for them. So both teams are 2-2, two and two, and let's see what happens. But anyway, we will be right back after this break. Keep it tuned here to Sports Done Right every Tuesday night with the sports governor and the first lady, Angie Wright. We'll be right back after this.
And we are back wrapping up Sports Done Right on another Tuesday night. We are here with the first lady of sports in the great state of Minnesota. Say hello to Angie Wright. Hello, Spreaker.com. Spreaker.com. Every Tuesday night, I am the sports governor, Vince Wright, with a chilled bottle of Patron, a first lady, and a wonderful first family. And we are here every Tuesday night at 730 on Sports Done Right. And we are finishing up here. We're going to go over the NFL schedule for next week. But uh, finishing up on this week, what do you guys think about Bill O'Brien? Has he screwed up his team? Um, you know, he he. You know, I thought he made the right choice initially. He did go with Brian Hoyer as the starter coming out of training camp. But in the very, uh, I think, yeah, it was the first game. He, he got benched right away for Ryan uh, Mallett. Um, yesterday, Mallets pulled, goes back to Hoyer, and the fun begins. Now, uh, Bill got a lot of a lot of talk up, you know, in the um, Hard Knocks series, and he was very entertaining. Um, but again, once the regular season starts, this is real football, and you know the the issue is neither quarterback is a very good quarterback. Um, Hoyer, you know, has his issues. Um, but he's he's competent enough, it seems, to maybe get him pointed in the right direction. I don't know. Um, they they need new quarterbacks in Houston. I do know that because even neither one of these guys are really going to do anything long term. So um, you're trying to just kind of plug the hole there. Um, other than that, again, Houston wasted wasted season, and all they have is the uh, JJ White down there as a attraction. So. Tang Murdoch says, yeah, it should have stayed with Penn State. I absolutely agree. Let me stand up. Um, security details, even applauding you on that one there, Tank. Could not agree more. James Fuller says they shouldn't have got rid of Andre. Is going to get them this week. Yeah, he is going to get them this week. Um, yeah, hey, check this out. Found something very interesting on Adam Vinatieri. Um, obviously he won the championships with the Patriots. He's, he's with the Colts as well. And yesterday he became the first player in NFL history to score a thousand points with two different teams. So hats off to Andrew or Adam Vinatieri thousand points with two different teams. Um, I do believe he'll probably get into the football hall of fame. Obviously, kickers don't get in there uh, often, if any, and so he will definitely be in there. But it's really interesting because he has actually had probably, arguably, a better career in Indianapolis than he did in New England. Um, after his uh, 54-yard field goal yesterday, um, he has twice as many field goals of 50 yards or longer with the Colts as he did with the Patriots. He's 47% on field goals beyond 50 yards as a Patriot, 62% beyond 50 yards as a Colt. So Adam Vinatieri, man, he just keeps chugging along like the Energizer Bunny, man. Congratulations to him, and who knows? Next stop may be Canton for you. Is Jay Cutler actually a decent quarterback? Yeah, I said that. Is Jay Cutler actually a very decent quarterback now not a great quarterback but a decent quarterback um quite possibly is he overpaid possibly has he got an ego absolutely 
But, you know, he is not the main reason that the Bears are in a situation that they are in. Um, I think he's decent enough to win if you have a decent team around him, which they do not this year. And while we're not going to, you know, sing praises for him, the thing is is that he needs a better team with him in Chicago for him to shine. Um, I do not think he'll be in Chicago too much longer, but he's not the sole reason that they suck. So uh, Jay Cutler gets a little bit of a uh, reprieve from the gov, so to speak, this week. And uh, hats off to Charles Woodson, man. Charles Woodson almost 20 years into the game, and he just keeps doing it, man. Um, he got an interception yesterday. Brother turns 39 on Wednesday, and he is still doing it. And I follow him on Facebook. You guys, if you don't follow him on Facebook, he puts his workout videos on there and stuff. And it's just amazing what he does to keep his body right, to keep being uh, not only just playing football at 39, but to be a starter and to be a, a key uh, part of the uh, defense out there for the Raiders as well. Um, hats off to Charles. And we turn this now as we uh, get into this last part of the rapid fire round. Uh, Jameis Winston. Um, I'm not writing the young man off by any means, but uh, something's got to happen here in Tampa Bay. Um, obviously, we can't lay everything at the foot of Jameis, but um, he is not doing well down there. He's making a lot of mistakes, as uh, people say. He's learning on the job. A lot of people, a lot of uh, people that I've read from papers down there and uh, some of the websites down in that area of the Tampa Bay area says that uh, he's missing easy throws throwing in the coverage way too often and um, again he was terrible on Sunday four interceptions in their loss to Carolina uh, they lost 37 to 23 and again Jameis has really got to put in some work down there and try and help right this ship and hopefully the front office can get him some better tools to work with down there but again another long year in tampa bay so all right we are going to just run through the schedule here for next week's football games and we're going to have a quick last word with the first lady and we are going to get out of here and turn it over to cooking with the microwave and i am the sports governor you're listening to me on spreaker.com you can follow me at the Big Smooth One on Twitter. That's the number one. You can email the show at vmann31 at gmail.com. And please check out our Facebook page, Sports Done Right, on Facebook as well. So Thursday night game, everybody's the Colts at Houston. Um, I think the Colts should uh, come away with a victory down there. Um, this could be a game for Texan for Houston to win. We will see if Andrew Luck is back under center there. Chicago is at Kansas City. Then the, these are the Sunday games, early games. Chicago at Kansas City. Seahawks are at Cincinnati. That could be a real interesting game there. See uh, how Seattle can do. Redskins are at Atlanta. So there you go. Kirk Cousins is bringing the team down to the uh, Georgia Dome. And we're going to see if these boys can, as they say in Atlanta, rise up and come out with the victory over Washington. Jacksonville is at Tampa Bay. Again, uh, this could be an interesting game. And if Jameis is going to right the ship, it would uh, be nice if he could start next week against Jacksonville. New Orleans goes up to Philadelphia. Cleveland is at Baltimore. for uh, That could be very interesting as well. 
You got St. Louis, the Rams going up to Green Bay. I think Green Bay will have a very easy time with St. Louis. Buffalo is at Tennessee. Larry Fitzgerald and the Cardinals are going up to Detroit. I think the Cardinals are going to walk away with a pretty simple win there. Uh, Grego, your Patriots are at Dallas. And I think uh, Grego's Patriots are going to have a uh, pretty easy time with the Cowboys down there. Um, we have Denver at Los, or Los Angeles. Here we go again. Oakland, the uh, Broncos are playing the Raiders. They, that is one of the later games in the afternoon. And the Sunday night game is the San Francisco 49ers at Jersey Verns and Jungle Brothers, New York Giants. So um, one of the things that I want to get into, though, is uh, the quarterback play of some of these teams. Um, let's go down to Jacksonville. Blake Bortles, again, a lot of money, a lot of high draft pick was uh, put on this gentleman. Uh, again, nothing to really show for it down there. He's had a couple glimpses, but again, he is, um, you know, he needs to develop as well. So, um, you know, these players, you know, again, they need, they come out early. They don't really develop. And again, some of these guys just can't catch on. So it's not just Jameis. It's a lot of these guys that are drafted number one. You got Bortles um, out there as well. Um, you got David Carr in, in uh, Oakland who's had a fair share of issues, even though Oakland has played okay for most of the season. They've just found ways to blow games. So, all right, folks, we are going to wrap this up here. We are at a couple hours. And we are going to give it over to Cooking with the Microwave. Uh, First Lady, Angie Wright, is there anything you'd like to say before we sign off? Uh, good show. Uh, I think it was a little long-winded today. Your, talk, your mouth is moving pretty quickly tonight. There she is, my wife. Got to love her. Anyway. Sports done right every Tuesday night. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. Um, keep tuned on the uh, Facebook page for news throughout the week. Make sure you guys drop in any stories or any topics you guys want to talk about. And we appreciate all the love we've been getting over Twitter. Again, I am the sports governor, Vince Wright. I am on every Tuesday night. I'm going to be on Fridays, Saturdays as well as the football season goes. Basketball around the corner. Uh, hockey starting up as well so this is the best time of year that's what we titled the show for us sports fans all sports are going and again want to send our prayers to flip saunders and his family as uh, the coach is battling cancer um, keep them in your thoughts and prayers people and uh, hopefully we will be hearing from cooking with the microwave so um, for the first lady angie wright i am the governor vince wright and we are kicking it Midwest style. You guys have a good night, and we will talk to you soon. It's a Midwest lifestyle I'm living. Think I'm hyped now, pipe down. I ain't trying to kick it. It's a Midwest lifestyle I'm living. Think I'm hyped now, pipe down. I ain't about to kick it. It's a Think I'm hyped now, pipe down, I ain't trying to kick it, it's a Midwest lifestyle I'm living. Think I'm hyped now, pipe down, I ain't about to kick it. Yeah, you better run for cover, keep ducking the same trouble. Keep bumping gums, kicking with the same brother, you gon' get it someday. 
somehow, somewhere, we don't play that round here, nah, we don't care, it's a Midwest lifestyle, I'm living, I'll let you bite down, but I ain't trying to hit it, it's a Detroit frame of mind, and I'm thinking I'll settle for a five, take a dime on the weekend, we get money fast, get these rappers mad, straight taking all their fans, yeah, they hate no cash, and these kids wanna live Let's get loose, loose, who got the hooch?